everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz Videos. Uh, always for all instruments, I hope everybody stays tuned. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about what's in the real book. And this might be like a kind of cool paradigm shift for a lot of people. Uh, we all know about the real book or jazz fake books in general. And today we're gonna talk about a really simple concept, but it's huge in how you play the music and in how you teach and conceptualize the music. Uh, we're going to talk about this idea that there are two entirely different books in the real book, and they aren't separated into two books. Um, now, I've been walking the earth with a tenor saxophone for over 50 years. I've done eight years of college. I've taught with some of the best teachers in the world, and I've listened to them and attended their master classes. I've never heard anybody talk about this idea, which um, I hope makes me like super clever or something. I had to figure this out for myself, as did every other great jazz player out there. Now, I do a lot of teaching with adult amateurs um, in jazz band masterclass, and I'm gonna be doing much, much more coming up in jazzwire.net, which is gonna be for you guys. And this is something that came up in those classes, that people didn't know what to do with the music. So let me talk about what I mean exactly. Half of the book, approximately, I haven't counted them all up, are jazz compositions. So if you're playing Confirmation by Charlie Parker. So if you're playing that tune, are you supposed to, because we know jazz musicians are supposed to make it up and, you know, interpret things and fake it and whatever else. Are you supposed to fake that tune? Are you supposed to make it up? Are you supposed to interpret what Charlie Parker wrote? Nope. <laughs> no, you sure are not. You're expected to nail that thing. If you play it 20 times, you're expected to nail it 20 times. Interesting. Okay. How about if you're playing Stella by Starlight? Is that a jazz tune even? Of course it's a jazz tune. It's everybody. No, no. Stella by Starlight did not start out as a jazz tune. It's not a jazz composition. That was written for a movie soundtrack. Stella by Starlight is not a jazz tune. It's a tune that jazz musicians like to play. How High the Moon, is that a jazz tune? No. Half the book, all the Cole Porter songs, all the Gershwin songs, those are not jazz tunes. You can't treat them like jazz tunes. So, when you see Stella by Starlight, can, should you, you know, we know the rules now for confirmation. Have to nail what it says on the page. How about Stella by Starlight? You have to nail that? I tell you what, if you nail what's on the page, you'll sound awful, as I've had many students do, as I did as a younger, less experienced player. So let me do this. Um, I'm gonna put the lead sheet to Stella by Starlight up, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play through it just as if I'm on a gig. And I'll tell you right now, I'll probably start off um, staying very close to the notes of the melody to begin with. I may sort of start adding or changing the notes as I go on. But the bottom line is, I'm, in my mind, I'm playing the melody of Stella by Starlight. So look at what I'm doing relative to what is on the real book chart. Here we go. Two, one, two, three,
there even one of those 32 measures that I played as written? Maybe, but not very many, right? So that's what I'm talking about. The real book, one page, we have a Herbie Hancock composition that we have to nail as if it's written that way. The next page, we have a Jerome Kern composition that it will sound dumb. It will not swing if you play the way it's written, right? So that right there. And you may be thinking, well, yeah, I guess I do that, of course. Well, sure, of course. It's easy when you know it. Just like when I take my bike into the bike mechanic and he's like, oh, turns the screw half a turn, of course, to him, right? Not, of course, to me. What can I tell you? Mechanically, not so smart. Um, so that's the thing. So when you know that, now how do you know that? Well, you know that by knowing the history of jazz. Do you know the history of jazz? Have you listened to tens and thousands of songs? Good way to know it is know the composers. When you look at the upper right, does it say Jerome Kern? Okay, so he wasn't a jazz composer, right? Does it say Clifford Brown? Ah, Clifford Brown wrote jazz composition. So it'll give you a hint, right? So some songs have to be interpreted. And if not, they don't have the swing built into them. They're lead sheets. It's a lot of quarter notes and half notes, right? So that's what I talk about in Jazz Band Masterclass, is how do we interpret? So I'm not even gonna get too deeply into that, although a couple of videos ago, I was talking about the swing repair kit and the and of four, how those syncopations are important. That's a big clue. So we wanna start syncopating the melodies. Don't worry about adding notes and you know turning it into half of a solo. Don't worry about that. Talk, think about the rhythmic aspect and how the show tunes, the movie themes, you know, the sort of great classic pop tunes from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s in the real book don't have the swing built into them. That's not how they were written. You have to put it in. Okay, so now when you listen to your favorite players playing, you'll start listening to not just their fantastic solo, but how did they play the melody? How did they choose to interpret it? Did they add a lot of extra notes or did they kind of play it more pure? Different of my heroes do it differently. Some, some of the men and women that I love don't really add any notes. It's how they play or sing the notes. I know other folks that I love that, man, the melody is practically a solo right out of the gate. I love that too, okay? So that's your assignment here. Sure, it's simple when you know. When I point this out, oh yeah, well I guess, of course, yeah, it's half, you know, half jazz tunes, half standards. Of course, but nobody talks about it, right? So when I do jazz teacher training, I'm working with jazz professionals, folks like me in different cities around the country. We have Russ Nolan up and running in New York City. We have Paul Bangzer in Bethesda, Maryland. We have uh, Dan Hanrahan in Philadelphia. We have Rick Costa down in Sarasota. We have Tina getting started in Portland, Oregon soon. So when I talk to these people, it's these simple like, duh, of course, kind of situations. That is can really flip on a light bulb for somebody and we wonder why they're not so swinging when we hear them, because it didn't occur to them they have to interpret that lead sheet. Or conversely, they're interpreting confirmation when they should be nailing it. It's so simple when you know, right? So now you know. And if you've heard somebody else talk about this before, wow, good for you and good for them. I swear that in my decades of teaching and playing, I'd never really heard anyone make this obvious observation. And sometimes the obvious ones are the best ones. So I tell you what, get in contact with me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. 
And uh, most of our videos have a uh, PDF. And you know, if you need a lead sheet for uh, Stella by Starlight that I put up on the screen, I'm happy to send it to you. It's e easy to find. You should have your own real book anyway. But um, please get in contact with me. I'd love to put you on the list. I would love to send you some of the PDFs. And I just want to find out where you are. Where do you live? What are you into? Are you playing on the side? Are you a semi-pro? Are you stuck with something? So I love getting those conversations going. So thank you so much for tuning in here to Digging Deeper Jazz. And we'll see you again next time. Take care.